Good to have my parents uh, here today, and also good to have my aunt and uncle. I am looking forward to hearing uh, Ken preach uh, in the next service today. I was cleaning the pulpit off earlier, and I told my dad, I was like, you can tell this is your pulpit, because it, it, it was always a mess when it was his, always a lot of stuff up here, and I have definitely uh, followed that tradition for sure, so try. I'll blame Brother Daniel or Brother Austin uh, for getting messy all the time, but I'm pretty sure it's probably my fault. But anyway, we'll go ahead and take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7. So during uh, the family month, during the Sunday school hour, I've been doing all things on the home, and uh, we kind of kicked this off talking about the man who uh, built a tower, and Jesus gave the illustration and said, anybody that's going to do that, first he's going to make plans, he's going to count the cost, he's going to make sure he's going to be able to finish it, otherwise he's going to begin, and then people are going to mock him. And so what we're going to do today, we're going to use kind of another illustration about the home that Jesus used. And I want to point out some things that I think are very, very important that people have got to get a hold of if they're going to have success in their families. And so Matthew 7 verse 24 says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So here we see uh, an illustration of a house that, you know, it was a house, but it did not have a good foundation. And so when storms came, or I think you can compare that to trials or troubles, when those things came, it didn't make it. It fell. And not only did it fall, but great was the fall of it. And I think what we have going on today is we have a lot of homes that are being built, and that's good. It's a good thing to build a home, but if you don't have the right foundation, it's going to collapse. It's going to fall. It's not going to be pretty, and that's not what we want. We don't want to just teach people how to start families. We want to show them how to finish them, too. We want you to be in this thing for the long haul and stick to these things. We want everybody to be successful. And so uh, what I want to do, though, in this message, I want to use, so we've been using these comparisons. G, uh, Jesus used one here about a house that's founded or built upon a rock. And something that I'm seeing today, when it comes to a lot of homes, you could say, or houses. In the Bible, sometimes when it would refer to someone's house, it wasn't even necessarily their, the building that they lived in. But it was their, just the people, their, the family, okay? And, but I do want to kind of use that comparison of a, the building that we live in. But it, in reality, I'm talking about us as people. I'm talking about the husband, the wife, the children. But we're going to kind of compare it to a physical house. So when it comes to a literal physical house, there's a lot of different looks or styles, aren't there? You know, you have... Uh, like ranch-style homes, Victorian-style homes, uh, redneck-type homes. I mean, you know, there's, there's all different kinds, aren't there? Okay. Now, I'm not an expert when it comes to this kind of thing. Most of us in here probably aren't, but I think we all understand. We all, we all know the different looks when we see them. Okay. In fact, let me ask you this. Does anybody have, like, a favorite style home? Brother Chris? You like the ranch-style house? 
Anybody else have a favorite style? Okay. I like the I like the old Victorian look. I like that. I like the old school look. I like the fact that too that those uh, houses are usually pretty large. You know, everything's so small today. So like when I'm looking at houses, I either like those old Victorian types that are really big, or I like some of the more like contemporary style ones. You say that's a huge difference. But here's why I don't like old Victorian ones. Typically, they're not very efficient. You know, typically they're very old and things don't work right in the house. Where like your more modern homes, you know, they're a little more energy efficient. They've got the technology and there's a lot of conveniences and things with those homes. So, uh, you know, I could go either way with those. With me, at the end of the day, it's all about the money. Okay. Uh, that, that's pretty much what it comes down to with me. But when you talk about the different style of home, okay, typically what causes us to recognize the style, it's a certain outward feature of that house. So, for example, you know, people, maybe they, you know, they like just the look, the shape. Uh, I like some of the castle looking type houses too. You know, that's how kind of some of the Victorian homes are. Uh, you know, maybe, and again, I'm not an architect. I'm not really a house guy. But, you know, maybe, you know, ladies, you know, there might be things you like. You know, you like the type of windows and this style house or I, I, I don't know. Does anybody have anything that, about those different types of houses that you like or that you want to see? Anybody? Yeah. Okay. If you like craftsman style with the dark wood, right? and that looks nice. Anyone else? Like when you're looking for a home, if you see this, I'm setting you up, okay? If you see this in the house, it's like a plus. It's something that gets you excited. Hardwood floors. Central air. There you go. Like one of the things we do too, whenever we've been looking for houses in the past, you know, a lot of times we'll look on realtor sites and stuff and we'll look at, you know, the pictures and everything, but we'll also go drive by it too first before we take the time with the realtor. And you do a lot of times, you know, you do, you see certain features that get you excited. It's like, oh man, it has whatever. Okay. And whatever those things are, and I'm sure everybody has them, you know, if, whenever we talk about the different preferences and different types of home, the truth is, you know, nobody, whenever they talk about it, well, I'm looking for a house that has a good foundation. They don't typically talk about stuff like that. Well, I want to know what kind of insulation are in the walls. You know, I want to know if the electrical is up to code. You know, stuff like that's pretty important. I don't know about you. I don't want my house burning down if I get it. I don't want. And so typically all the things that we talk about, all the things that we look at, all the things that catch our attention, in reality, those are not the most important things. But often that's what causes us to make a decision about whether or not we're going to buy that house or not. And let me tell you something. When it comes to, said, uh, and said, and foundation said, it's very important. In fact, I used to do estimates for foundation repair, and one of the things that I hate about new homes, and that I like about old homes, is when you go into old homes, if the foundation was still good after a hundred years, you knew it wasn't going anywhere. It's like, okay, this foundation is fine. But sometimes we would go in new homes and there would be major foundational issues. And these homes were less than 10 years old. You know why? Because they just didn't do a good job laying things. They, they do things too fast these days. We would go in these new subdivisions sometimes and everyone's driveways would be sinking. All of them. 
because they, to do things to code, they had to like have everything done in a certain amount of time. They didn't give the ground any time to settle. And it was just a huge mess. In fact, there was one time we went to a, uh, we went to a house, massive, beautiful home. I mean, a beautiful brick home. And it had been, I, I think that house had been there for less than five years. And the foundation was sinking big time. This house was built on a hill. Watch out for the houses built on hills. Those things, foundations move on those all the time. And I remember that um, they had, a, it looked beautiful, but connected to the house. It was a brick house. It almost looked like part of the house that the brick wall, it like came way out um, from the house. And it went several feet in front of the house. And it was like basically a big thing where they put flowers and all this kind of stuff. And it just looked really nice. But all that extra weight on that foundation pulled everything down. And they were going to have to spend like sixty dollars to $80,000 just to repair the foundation of this brand new house. And, you know, of course, the guy was just devastated because, you know, who wants to spend sixty dollars or $80,000 on something, and you know what? The house isn't going to look any different when it's done. But folks, if that foundation sinks, you're in trouble. You know, and he was just saying, no, it's not like I, you know, 60000 you know, for, for that, I could put in this big, massive in-ground pool. There's all these outward things you could do that would be really enjoyable, that would make things look better. But you know what? He couldn't do those things. Why? Because you have to deal with that foundation. That's important. And you know, one of the things that I'm seeing in a lot of Christian homes today, in the Christian home, there are certain characteristics, outward characteristics that are often notable about the Christian home. Okay. And again, we're talking about our type of Christian home. We're talking about, you know, us, you know, hardcore IFB separated standards, you know, we're homeschooling all that kind of stuff. There's a typical look that we have, right? And what is it? Usually it's a big house. A lot of times, a lot of kids. Okay. We've got a big house. Okay. Eight, you know, eight, eight children. Uh, well, typically, it, you know, you see certain features like conservatively dressed. That's another thing that typically uh, we do. But you understand that just because you dress your family up, just because you have a bunch of kids does not mean you are the whole package. You know, but again, often that's the first thing we know, notice about certain families. Okay, have you ever been out in public somewhere and you do, you see that family with a whole bunch of kids and the girls are all wearing skirts and stuff? What's the first thing you think if they're not wearing, you know, if their hair is not pulled back in a bun or something? You know, you think Baptist. Otherwise, you think Pentecostal, right? But, uh, you know, but th- these are the first things we think, Christian home. But did you know that there are, in a lot of homes like that, they are miserable places? The dads are perverts. The mom and dad are miserable together. They're even abusive to the kids. Listen, just because somebody's got the outside look right doesn't mean that they're the whole package. It doesn't mean the foundation's right. And so, uh, again, what we're seeing a lot of times, too, when you look at a lot of houses today, one of the things that a lot of houses have today, too, this is another bad thing about the newer houses, is they use a lot of faux material, don't they? I mean, look how many brick houses not really brick you know use fake brick you know like that right there you know that's kind of everything you know today it's made as cheap as possible it looks nice but it's just it's not the real thing 
And what we're seeing today is a lot of people are putting on this outward display of Christianity. But you know what? It's all faux material. It's not the real thing. They don't have the foundational things right. And so they go around beating their chest. You know, look, I got all this stuff going for me on the outside. You all don't have this stuff going on with you on the, on the outside. And then they want to condemn everybody. And you know what? It seems like that I'm, I'm seeing this trend of new Christians. It's like as soon as they get saved, the first thing they do is they're just creaming everybody. You know, can you please be saved for a few years before you start creaming everybody? Can you please, can you actually accomplish something for the glory of God before you start creaming everybody? You know, single guys, can you get married for a few years before you tell everybody, uh, you know, how to handle their wives? Wouldn't that, wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? Because here's what happens too. And we see these people, you see these people on social media. They are so hardcore, you know, on everything, verbally speaking. Or, you know, any, they're hardcore on anything. You can look hardcore by just how you, what you type. But yet, they've never lived life. They've never accomplished anything for any length of time. And, they, and you know what they're doing? They're, they're showing, they're, they're illustrating, I guess you could say, all of the most notable outward things of the IFB. Because in the IFB, you know, one of the things it's known for Typically, it's hard preaching, right? And, and, and we're all for that. We're 100% for that. That's a notable thing. You know, you have your more modern church where everything's soft, effeminate. They don't want to offend anybody. But then you got that, you know, Baptist pastor that's offending everybody, you know, and just, and just letting it rip. So people see that outward noticeable thing and they think, I want to be like that. And so then they just go and just, they're crazy, now, here's the thing. Some of those IFB guys that are out there, you know, preaching like maniacs and just condemning everything, they mean it from the heart. That's what they believe. They not only preach it, but they live it. Now, some, they only preach it. Some are only preaching that stuff for political reasons. And so, but the thing is that new Christian, you know, they don't have, they don't know yet how to tell the difference between, you know, fake stone and real stone. Okay? And a lot of times what they're looking at is faux material. It's not the real thing. And they're going and they're, they're mimicking something that's very noticeable, that's on, on the outward, and they are missing key things and that you don't often pay attention to. And really, the secret to successful families often are the things that no one's paying attention to. Okay, you don't just automatically turn out good kids because you dress them up right. It, it just it, it doesn't work. So let's go look at a few scriptures. So first, a house has to have the right kind of foundation. I don't really care that much about what kind of siding you put on your house. I mean, siding, depending on what kind you use, can make your house look really nice. But again, if you have a crummy foundation, who cares how nice your siding is? Who cares how good it looks if it's just going to fall, if it's going to collapse? But it says in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, For we are laborers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones... 
wood, hay, stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a ward. If any man's uh, work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, yet he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now, I do believe that this is a reference to Judgment Day here, but I think we see a principle, too, that tells us that at the end of the day, the day is going to declare, it's going to manifest what we're made out of. And let me tell you, there's a lot of people out there, they are proclaiming that they are all that in a bag of chips. They are, you know, there's a lot of men out there proclaiming the fact, I am the head of the home. I tell my wife what to do. Well, you know, my house is a godly house. My house is in order. Well, you know what? The day is going to declare it. It's going to be manifest. You know, and you know when it's going to test it? Fire is going to test it. You know, hard times are going to test it. The storms that come and that are going to beat on the house, those are the things that are going to test it. And, you know, so, again, when people want to go out there and run their mouth, you know, just take mental notes. I, I worry about people who are always trying to please all the loud mouths on the Internet. Okay? Now, listen, pay attention, but always make mental notes. Okay? And one thing I've learned, the people that yell the loudest do the least. You know, they, they are, they're usually the fakes and the phonies. They've got to do this because they're always just trying, you know, they have that need to persuade. But listen, we, we do see this principle. A day is going to come. We are going to find out what you're really made of. If you really do have a strong marriage, we're going to figure it out when you go through hard times. The day is going to declare it. You know, 2020 revealed a lot to us about churches. Did you know that, I mean, there's a lot of churches that I thought, you know, they were the first ones I would have expected to kind of buckle under the pressure that were like, wow, those people really shined during this time. Some of the ones you thought, man, these people, nothing's ever going to stop them. They're ready for anything that's going to come. I mean, they just melted at, you know, just the hint of something happening, you know, it was, and you know, 2020, as much as I didn't enjoy that year and still pretty upset about what happened, I will say that it was very eye-opening for me, uh, for the good for a lot of people and for the bad for a lot of other people. You know, we think we're the ones that are all prepared for the hard times, but let me tell you something. There's people who don't think like we do when it comes to a lot of stuff end times, but let me tell you, they showed themselves to be real. They showed themselves to be sincere and to really have some guts. And you know what? Um, I think that I think that's very telling. You better believe I took note uh, of some of that stuff. And so we've got a lot of people out there that are professing Christ or who have kind of a fake Christ, a, a faux Christ, you could say. And the truth is you can pretend to be that Christian family all you want, you can mimic all the outward things. But if it isn't the real thing, if you don't really have Christ, you don't have the foundation. Jesus Christ is the foundation. If he is not your foundation, you will fall. If your foundation is just Liberty Baptist Church, in other words, I'm going to come and I'm going to try to fit in with these people. I'm going to try to be like these people. I'm going to act like them. I'm going to dress like them. I'm going to do everything that they do. Because I want to be like the people of Liberty Baptist Church. You know what? When the storms come, when the tough times come, you're going to fall. You know why? Because we can't be the foundation. Jesus Christ has to be the foundation. You know, as a church, we can help you build on that foundation. You know, hopefully we'll help you in some areas. But we can't be the foundation. 
Jesus Christ has to be the foundation. And so trials and storms, they reveal the truth about what kind of foundation someone has. Some of you probably got tested uh, this week with all the rain that we had. And, uh, you, you know, if your basement truly is waterproof, you probably know after this week with, with the rain that we had. But listen, time is going to tell us if you're really raising your kids right and if you really do have a good marriage. Time's going to tell. You're, you're going to be found out. Time's going to tell what kind of churches are the, what churches are the real deal. We all find out eventually what a church really believes when it comes to soul winning standards, all this stuff. You know, we always find out eventually. A lot of times churches, they do all these things right because they're in with a certain group or something like that. They want to fit in with a certain club. They want to impress certain preachers. But then as soon as they have a falling out with them, what happens? They throw all that away. Why is that? You know why? Because it wasn't real. It was fake. And you know what? Tough times, that's what, make, that's what makes the difference. Are, you, you know, are we still going to be a soul-winning church 10 years from now? You know, are we going to be a soul winning? Are, are we still going to have standards? When, you know, 10 years from now. But you know, if all the churches that we fellowship with, if they quit doing those things, are we still going to be doing those things? That's what tells if it's real to us or not. So uh, the, you have to, a house must have the right kind of foundation. A house also, it needs to be complete. Okay? You need, it needs to be complete. Okay? Some people talk a big game about their house, but they're just liars. Okay? Look, look what it says in Matthew chapter 23. I want to point out some things in Matthew chapter 23 that reminds me of the homes of many Christians today. It says in verse 2, saying, The scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, and they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. The Pharisees, they only talked a big game. They didn't live it. They they loved putting things on other people. But yet, they didn't do it themselves and that's another thing too you know when it comes to guiding your home when it comes to your standards you know when it comes i'm all for you know listening to you know multitude of counselors of safety i'm all for listening to preaching all that stuff but again it's amazing how many people they're always just trying to compete with the most hardcore person out there running their mouth okay here's what you got to understand a lot of the people that are out there running their mouth are not doing what they're saying they're going to do Oh, you know, this, you know, this preacher said I've got to read, you know, 75 chapters a day. You know, that's what he said it takes to be a godly Christian. And now I've got to figure out how to do that. You know what? He's not reading 75 chapters a day. Okay? He, he's not doing that. Oh, you know, my, you know, my, you know this, this preacher, you know, he said my wife should wear, you know, skirts to her toes. You know, and I think it's, that's what you have to do to be a godly, you know, Christian lady and to show that you're in charge of your wife. That's not what his wife's wearing all the time. He's not really living that. And, uh, you know, my dad's here, my uncle's here. They've been pastoring longer than I've been alive. They could probably tell you a whole bunch of stories of stuff like this. Or, and they could especially tell you stories. I've heard them tell some of the stories, too, about all the guys who were out there beating their chest, talking about how hardcore they were. And yet, but then, you know, now where are they today? You, know, you can't find those people today. And if, if you did find them, you'd never know they were ever Baptists. So uh, just don't worry about listening to those people. Okay, I, I'm, I've got a message brewing. All right, I, I don't know if I'm going to preach it from the pulpit. 
because I might get a little out of hand. I might save it for, uh, you know, a live stream or something. But I'm, I'm, I do plan on dealing with just the, I'm trying to think of a polite way to put it. This is just what's in my head right now. Just the abomination of the Internet Christian. Okay, because, you know, an, an abomination is typically something that's a mixture of two things that just aren't really supposed to mix. And these people who get all their religion and Christianity from the Internet are always lacking so badly in, in key things because you just can't get everything you need from the Internet. You, you just you can't you can't do it. And I'm telling you, it. It makes it ends up making other things that are good look really bad because they are they're just they're they're lacking so bad, folks. This is another message. That's why you have to be in a real church. You have to be in a real church. And here's the, and here's the thing too that when you get your Christianity from the internet, you you're you're missing out on so many things just because of the fact too. A lot of times, do you do you really even know that person that you're listening to and acting like everything they say is law? Have you actually, I mean, I've seen people just almost destroy themselves trying to imitate somebody that they only watch online, and that person online is not the way that they think they are. And yet they're wrecking their homes trying to imitate them. Where if you actually went to their church, you would see some of this is them blowing smoke. You know, some of the, this is not what you think it is. This is why you've got to be around real flesh and blood people. That's what God set up. And so that's another subject for another day. Listen, even if people did nothing but listen to only my stuff, that Christian that went out and just, they, they listened to everything that I put out on YouTube, they would not be the complete package at all. They would also be an abominable creature too. Because there's a lot that, you know, there, I, I think there's more than we all realize that you all get from just our human interactions, conversations, you, know, you get more than just what comes from the pulpit and comes across a computer screen. And a lot of times those are the things that make the real difference. And if you and you know and I'm sorry those of you watching on the internet, you know, I'm glad you're getting some good things for trying to help you, but you have got to get your carcass in a church. You have you have to. It's so important. But I don't want to say a whole lot on that because you're not seeing everything. You're not getting everything even even from me. So verse 23 of Matthew 23, because it's some, so it said, some walk and talk a big game in certain notable areas, okay? but they are completely lacking in key areas in life. It says in Matthew 23, 23, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have awaited the mati- weightier, omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. So these people, they specialize in the area of tithing, which is good. I mean, they made a big deal about tithing on everything, but he's like, you've omitted the way your matters. In other words, you're missing certain things. So great, you've built a house and it's got the nicest siding. You've used the highest quality uh, shingles on that roof, but you don't have a foundation. It's going to fall. It's not going to last. Great, you know, you did all these outward things, but you know, you know, but you decided you were going to save some money, and you didn't do your two by fours 16 inches apart. You did them 32 inches apart, so you could buy half the two by fours. Saves a lot of money, and you know what? It's still going to look good. 
I mean, we, you can't see the two by fours that are in the wall. You don't have to have all those things, right? Well, you do if you want it to stay up. You do if you want it to last. And understand, the two by fours are boring. Okay? Because no, nobody sees them. They get covered up, but they are important. Folks, you know, one of the things that I never want to see is someone's bone. I, I hate these things where people break a leg or something, their bones. I, don't, don't show me a picture of that. I don't, want to, I don't want to see that video. Bones are not meant to be seen. But let me tell you, a body without bones is in big trouble. And that reminds me of a lot of Christians. They've got all these out, outer things, but it's like there's no skeleton to them. And just picture that body going around. And that's what you look like. As a Christian, you know, you're so hardcore on the reprobate doctrine. You know, you're so hardcore on getting all your terminology right and just nailing everybody's hide to the wall and these others, but you're lacking a skeleton. And I'm, a, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I don't like watching you slither around. It grosses me out. Okay? You need to get the more important things. Okay? The weightier matters. He said, you blind guys would strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which was within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. It's good to have a clean outside on a cup, but it's more important to have a clean inside. And you know what? It's good for us to clean up. I hope everybody takes a bath before they come to church. You know, I think we ought to do, do all those things. But you know what? If you'd just been filling your mind with junk all week, you'd have been better off not taking a bath. Spiritually speaking, the inside is more important. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you're like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. You know, it's amazing how many ladies, they can dress up nice, they can do their hair, they can do their makeup, the whole nine yards, and they can come to church looking good, looking way better than the women at the contemporary church with their tight pants and all that stuff on and their you know, short hair and everything. You know what? They look way better than them, but then they come into churches like, and then they gossip you know, and just rip people to shreds with their tongues. Hey, you know what? Man, I'm glad you dressed up and looked nice and looked feminine, but how about we stop acting like hyenas? I'm not saying any ladies are doing that, but that can happen. That, that can happen where nice, cleaned-up, dressed-up ladies act like a pack of jackals. And yes, men do it too. Yeah, men, men do it too. Act like a pack of wolves sometimes, just chewing on people. It's pretty ridiculous. It says, um, says, verse 28, Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. And so understand, when it comes to the IFBisms, okay, there are. There are certain notable outward things about us that's easy for anyone to see. You know, we do have a look, a way that, you know, IFB preachers dress. But, you know, one of the easiest things to do is to put on an outfit. It doesn't mean, you know, I could go, I could go put on the uniform of a Marine. doesn't make me a Marine, does it? You know, I, I could go, I go buy, I'm sure I could go to army surplus store or something and, you know, buy something like that. It doesn't make me one. And a lot of people, they have figured out how to just put on this outward display 
that says they are all these things, but you know what? You know, time's going to tell, okay? And you know what? If I actually got about around a bunch of Marines, even if I'm wearing a Marine uniform, they would figure out real quick if I was really a Marine or not. They're going to start asking me questions about things and, you know, where I've been stationed, all the time, and I'm not going to have any answers that I can give. Okay, now here's the problem we have today. You know, thanks to all the preaching that's on the internet and everything, if, if somebody listens to my preaching enough, then they can know what they're supposed to say when they come in here. They're going to come in here. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I know what, you know, we ask them what they believe on salvation. They've, they've watched my videos on that. They've heard my preaching. They know what they're supposed to say. They know what they're supposed to say on all that stuff. Again, you know, you start hanging around people like us, the first thing you're supposed to do when you get saved is start nailing all the false prophets. You're supposed to start, you know, you know, ripping on the homos. You're supposed to start doing all that while your life is still a mess. That's what you're supposed to do, apparently. I, I, I personally find that revolting. I, do, I wish people would just get their act together first. You know, how about before you just do, you go ripping on the reprobates, how about you stop beating your wife? You know, how about you, how about you stop, you know, is, is that asking too much? Hey, you know, can we get you to shut up until you get that under control? How about you get your kids to love you before you start talking about the haters of God out there? You know, how, how about you do something like that first? You know, those, some of, there's just some people out there, they're just not fit to speak of certain things that, and you know, nobody wants to admit that, but you know, no, so imagine, too, if you would, because this is what we have with these incomplete homes where they're just lacking these key things. And I'm not going to go through all the things that you need today. I'm not going to do that. I think, you know, we should instinctively understand a lot of this stuff. But imagine, if you would, a house that had doors, you know, your front door, your back door. All, all the entrances to the house are like a bank vault. Okay? Now, that sounds like a pretty safe house, doesn't it? I mean, all the doors are like a bank vault. Okay, I think, I'm pretty sure somebody tried getting in our doors Friday night. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but the key's not working as good anymore. It's, it looked like somebody tried to pick the lock, and there were some scratches inside. Or so I got, a, I got a new camera there watching everything. But you know what? They didn't get in. <laughs> that, that's good. We got, we got a good, safe door. Uh, nobody got in, even though it looks like somebody tried. But let me uh, a bank vault door. That sounds pretty safe. Man, you're really hardcore. You're all about protecting your house, aren't you? You've got the bank vault door where the rest of us just have like regular wood doors or something like that. You're, you're so much better than the rest of us, aren't you? I mean, you watch a whole video series on bank vault doors and why you have to have them and why they're the best thing to protect your family. You sacrifice, you spend all that money. But at the same time, you also didn't put any windows in your house. It's just open. There's no act. You have openings. And no window. Now, guess what? People are still going to be able to get in that house. In fact, they're going to be able to get in that house easier. Because they can just go right through where you're supposed to have some glass. So, that's how a lot of people are in their Christianity. They are so hardcore in one area. But then, in other areas that are very important, they have nothing. Absolutely nothing. And then they want to talk about their bank vault doors. That's just dumb. So I, I want to I have a house that's got, you know, that's energy efficient. I want to save on heating. You know, gas is high. And so I'm going to go, I'm going to buy a new 
state-of-the-art heater in the house that I built that's the most energy efficient. I'm going to save the planet with this thing, and it's going to keep my house nice and warm too. But it is pretty expensive, so I've decided I'm going to do that, but I'm also not going to buy in. I'm not going to put any insulation in the walls. Okay, so you have a better heater, but if you don't have insulation in the walls, that house isn't going to hold that heat very well. Yeah, you went and bought this great heater, but you're still going to use just as much gas as everybody else because you don't have any insulation in the walls. Okay, now how many's ever been to a house before and somebody bragged on their insulation? How many of you, whenever you were looking at a house, man, look at the insulation in this house. You don't usually see that. You don't usually think about that. But you know that's really important. That's really important you have insulation in the walls, especially if you have a lot of people in the house. You want a little bit of privacy in the rooms. You don't want all the sound going straight through the walls. But again, that's how a lot of people are. Man, I am so hardcore in this one area, but then you just have nothing in this other area. I'm glad you're hardcore in that area, but can you shut up till you get that other thing taken care of? That's all we're asking. We're not asking you to be less hardcore in the area you're doing right. We're just asking you to shut up. We're just asking you to quit condemning everybody. We're, acting, we're just asking you to quit being a maniac on social media. I'm just asking you to stop coming on my YouTube channel and just condemning everybody and acting like you know, you're just you know, death to everyone. Just, until you get your act together, just shut up. That, that, that's all we ask. When you're the complete package, then get out there and show us how it's done. All right. give, give us an example to follow. You know, that's all we want. But, you know, but Jesus said, you've omitted the weightier matters, and he said, judgment, mercy, and faith. We see, and a, there's a lot of Christians out there who have good judgment, but they have no mercy. That's not good. Zechariah 7, 9 says, thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, execute true judgment and show mercy and compassion every man to his brother. Man, you are so hardcore, you've got the Old Testament law memorized, and you are ready to hold everyone accountable. You've got it all down. But wait a minute. Execute true judgment and show mercy. I don't know how to do that. (laughs) I know you don't know how to do that. You You need to figure it out. I highly recommend looking very closely into the life of Christ. That will probably help you out a lot. Matthew 20, uh, and, and so that's what he said. He said, judgment, mercy, faith, these ought you to have done and not to let, leave the other undone. And so while we've got one crowd that's all judgment and no mercy, we've got another crowd today that's all mercy and no judgment. Okay? You have to have both. You have to have both. We need to have love. You need to have love for the lost, but you've got to have love for the brethren too. And I'm amazed at people who seem like they love the lost and are ready to go souling, but they can't get along with people in any church. I think you're majorly lacking in some area. Not having brotherly love is a huge problem. That's a, that's a really weird for a Christian. So, uh, you know, we could go on and on with the illustrations of just having the best of certain things in your house while, you know, lacking other things. We go on with illustrations like that. But the simple fact is, when it comes to building a Christian home, you need to focus more on the foundational, the fundamental, or for lack of a better term, the boring stuff. We don't, you know, we don't get a lot, you know, a lot of hate and a lot of attention for the things that really matter. You know, you know what Baptists typically get hammered for? It's stuff like the dress. 
You know, we get, we get hammered for that. People make fun of us all the time for that. Why? Because that, that's an outward thing. And so it's easy to notice. It's easy to pick on. And some people like to make a really big deal about it and talk about that all the time. But the truth is, um, yeah, that's not what makes a successful family. It's actually having a love for the Lord. It's ha- actually having a love for the brethren. It's actually serving the Lord. There's a lot of things that we could say, uh, you know, say about that. And we're out of time right now. But I'm, just t- I'm here today to tell you, it's so important when it comes to building your house that you try to be the whole package. Stop just going crazy in one area while you're leaving out so many other more important things. Get those foundational things taken care of first. They won't get you attention. They won't get everybody talking about you and how spiritual and wonderful you are. But is that what we're really all about anyway? But those are the things that will actually cause you to make it. In the, in the long run. And that's what we want to do. We don't want to start a tower and not finish it. Let's get this done. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray this message was helped to everyone. I pray that you'll help us to just be the whole package, Lord, and to uh, focus on the more important things, the foundational things, and not just the uh, outward and the noticeable. I pray you'll give everyone success.